we're continuing our series here in, in week number two. Last week, uh, we, we looked at a biblical response to the election. And this week, we want to talk about how do we vote for Jesus? Uh, it, it's, you know, it's something we as Christians want to do on a regular basis. You know, in the midst of an election, of course, uh, everybody's vying for votes, candidates, um, you know, political parties, so on and so forth. But how do we as Christians vote for Jesus? But in that context also is how do we as Christians uh, properly engage in a political process? But how do we also make sure that political process does not negative, negatively influence us as individuals and negatively influence the church. So that's really the focus of our, our conversation tonight. Joining us tonight is my good friend, Pastor Brian Jacobs. Thank he is you, the pastor of Metroplex Family Church here in Burleson. And you, how long have you been pastor there now? 16 years. 16 years. That's right. Used to be over here at Hughley. That's right. And now you're down there in, deep in Burleson, right <laughs> yes, there sir. in the heart of Burleson. Yes, sir. Uh, enjoying that, that opportunity to sow the kingdom of God yes, right sir. there. Now, you have a very unique background. Mm-hmm. Now, not only are you uh, a pastor, a uh, pastor here uh, of Metroplex Family, you have a long history and experience in the political world. Yes, sir. You grew up in a political family. I sure you want did. want to give a quick background uh, just of the, your experience as that side of your life okay. uh, in regards to the politics, because you have a very unique perspective, mm-hmm. having both the political experience and now as a pastor, your viewpoint as a, as a kingdom man uh, right. in how you know, we're going to discuss those things tonight, but just a real quick, brief background yes. of your experience in the political side. Okay. Well, I was born in the great state of Alabama and Sylacauga, Alabama. I was born in the same hospital as Gomer Powell. Shazam. <laughs> anyway, um, at 19 years old, I received the Lord. But prior to that, my dad has been a political consultant all my life, campaign manager, and he served in various forms of government. So I grew up in the auspices of the Democratic Party. And so, uh, and again, my dad and I have a tremendous relationship. He was very successful at it. I mean, it was a common thing growing up having, you know, men of great prestige in my own home at unexpected times. And so I've watched that process. And when I became a Christian, actually, when I became in ministry, because of my dad's influence, I helped two, three presidential campaigns now as an advisor. And so I've stayed in the, quote, family business, sort of like Stephen Jones stays in the family business. But I did it because of my parents. And, but yet it, had a, it has a great influence on my life, and I believe we should be involved. And so that's sure. the heritage that I have. It's very unique. And, uh, but, it, but working for both parties, the Democrat and the Republican Party, I've seen both. Yeah, wow, that's, that, that is a very unique perspective. Yes, it is. So we're looking forward to the, your perspective tonight in, in talking you. about this. It's an honor. And, you know, we've gotten to know each other over the years. You, and you one, of the, one of the experiences I've had with you over mm-hmm. the last probably three years, uh, and I don't many people may not know, uh, it, it never officially went public, but I was in the process of running for office yes, uh, here in the state of Texas. And we started the process, you know, uh, finding campaign manager or uh, mm-hmm. consultants, yes. developing a platform, fundraising, all that stuff, you know, and learning all the behind the scenes stuff. And due to a variety of, of, of reasons, I did not end up actually going public and running for right. office and stayed here at Turning Point. Uh, but we had a lot of experience we in that. Sure uh, you know, I was able to learn a lot from you, and you, you were to guide me in that. So I, I've had that a brief experience, not as extensive as yours. So we're going to kind of use that perspective tonight in the context of how can we as kingdom people yes. have an impact in our communities, but mm-hmm. also have an impact in the political process, because it's important that the kingdom viewpoint impact the political world. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about how it's been reversed somewhat uh, mm-hmm. tonight, but ultimately we want the church to be a positive influence yes, we do. in the political world to where kingdom values are moved forward. So Absolutely. with that in mind, that's, that's where we want to go tonight. Let's, <laughs> let's uh, start the discussion. All right. As a result of the great response that we got from last week, we went ahead and we, we, we came up with some more questions. So yes. the TPC family, uh, we hope that, that these are questions that you have had over the week and uh, enjoy tonight. So it seems like politics has taken over every aspect of our country and all, our culture. What are some of the dangers that politics and the political worldview pose to Christians? Good question. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, again, it's having Please. the experience, uh, not as extensive as you, but the experience in both 
worlds, if you will. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I've learned over these last three years, and now I really see it like I've never seen it before, mm-hmm. especially now, it, it, as divisive as things are uh, in, in this election and just this political season we have been in, the political worldview, unfortunately, has tends to tends to have more influence in the church than the church having influence in the political world. That's true. Um, and what I see happening in the church, uh, one of the dangers mm-hmm. is, you know, in the political worldview, one of the things that the political worldview teaches is that if you disagree with somebody mm-hmm. or they refuse to believe your ideology, they're your enemy. That's right. And it's unfortunately true. It is very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things as Christians that we're taught is there's only one enemy. Yes. And it's not other human beings. It's not other men and women. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the enemy, the right. enemy that is looking to steal, kill, and destroy. But one of the ways that he steals, kills, and destroys is through division. Yes. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about division later. But um, the aspect of how that has spilled into the, the church where people are looking at circumstances and situations more from a political worldview rather than a kingdom worldview has caused great division in the church itself. Yes. You know, we're seeing that. And it's also, I believe, caused a lot of Christians um, to um, negatively influence their witness, mm-hmm. uh, where they become more of a witness for a, a political viewpoint rather than for the kingdom. That's true. Uh, so what are some of the things you've seen in regards to, you know, your congregation and your background where uh, the political worldview is sort of negatively influencing Christians and churches. Well, now, first of all, I want to say to Pastor Jeff Wigwire, he is an excellent example of a minister that does not uh, let the political worldview influence him. And by the way, I'm honored to be here because of him and my relationship and friendship and respect for him because he does set the example where a lot of ministers, unfortunately, uh, spend a lot of time from their pulpit trying to you know, talk through politics and political situations. And having been from the White House to the State House and even worked for two congressmen and two senators, I understand, you know, our desire to want to do that, but we can never get distracted from God's purpose. And if we ever lose our foundation of 1776 and the godly heritage we have because we get so distracted uh, because we're trying to argue our way through a political situation. Listen, I agree. Pastor Jeff is a great voice in saying that, you know, abortion is wrong. And he has laid the scripture out eloquently. But yet at the same time, arguing with unbelievers uh, is, is, is hard to do because even he has quoted the scripture that they don't understand and they don't reason like you and I do. So right. the danger of trying to argue somebody to their point, I think... This man that pastors this church would tell you they need to be born again first. And so yeah. Jesus Christ is the answer to yeah. people be, to people changing to the right political point of view. Not only in my opinion, but I believe what Pastor Jeff would say. Sure. And that, you know, and that, that's an aspect of uh, a kingdom, bringing a kingdom that's viewpoint that's into the political world and yes. being a kingdom influence, yes, sir. you know, and leading from that position rather than, Absolutely. you know, and that, yeah, as I'm sure you've seen many times, uh, unfortunately, a lot of Christians allow their political ideology to yes, lead rather do. than a kingdom ideology. And it, it's, it becomes a competing it does. Um, voice in, in their witness it does. where and it can destroy a witness. It can. It absolutely can. And, mm-hmm. and I love your point there in regards to trying to argue. Um, do you know, one of the things that we see a lot, we kind of touched on this last week in regards to social media, mm-hmm. is in social media, uh, you see a lot of Christians out there that are trying to argue a point, right. maybe a valid point, may not be either way. Um, they're trying to argue a point, but I think we lose the point. Right. When we're more interested in winning the argument exactly. and proving that I'm right, you're wrong, mm-hmm. and we, we lose the opportunity for the other person to have an encounter with truth. That's right. That's uh, where exactly I'm more right. interested, I, I got to prove I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, part of the, the political viewpoint, political uh, worldview is, you know, if I can't prove I'm right through debate, then I'm just going to go to character assassination. <laughs> doesn't work. And it doesn't work. And <laughs> no. that, that is definitely destroying it is. Christian witness. It is. 
Because when you, you move the character assassination, now you're saying that person has no value. That's right. That's and they're, exactly they're right. worthless. And that is just the opposite of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yes, just the opposite of the gospel. So, uh, and I know you teach, I've heard some of your messages where, you know, the, the importance of teaching people the value of others, even if we disagree with them. Absolutely. And Absolutely. in the political worldview, that's really hard. That is hard. But people can be born again and change, and then they change their viewpoint. They actually change their vote because of Jesus. Jesus is the answer, not a person being elected, not a law being passed. That is so important. I understand that. But, again, we have to go back to what's the most important thing, and we can't be distracted from that. That's right. That's exactly right. Man, that's, that is, that's exactly it. Stay in focus. Absolutely. Just stay in stay focus, focus on Jesus. Yes, so right now, the political worldview seems to be permeating the church. A lot of Christians are invested in the political world. How can they bring the kingdom worldview into the political world? Well, I think we both have an opportunity here because we have both been invested to a degree in the political worldview. Obviously, you have a much longer history in that. But yeah, it's, there are a lot of Christians that are engaged, and which is great. You know, we live in a country that gives us the opportunity mm. to have a voice yes. into the political world it does. Uh, because those are our leaders mm-hmm. and they make decisions uh, on a national level. And as we all know, everything's spiritual mm-hmm. right. and they may not be spiritual. They may not know Jesus, but their decisions will have spiritual ramifications. Exactly. So as believers, it's important for us to be engaged in that process and, and to, to, take the responsibility of our ability to influence through voting and, and other means uh, where we can have that positive influence. Right. So as believers, we have to, again, be very careful, though, that we're the one doing the influencing and not the other way around. Because exactly right. I know you've seen this. I saw this in my three years or so in the political world, how easy it is to be influenced by the political worldview and how easy it is to be influenced by a political ideology. So how how are some of the ways during your uh, experience, how you navigated that Mm -hmm. to where you didn't allow either an ideology or a particular viewpoint to um, override your kingdom values? I'll have to go back to uh, fall of 1992. Uh, My dad, uh, invited me to, to go meet with Bill Clinton, Governor Bill Clinton at the time. And so I just uh, declined to do that. Didn't disappoint Daddy, but I, I just knew that uh, that wasn't what I wanted to do and be a part of. And uh, But I cast that care upon the Lord. I respected my dad. I knew he was a part of that campaign. And when Bill Clinton won because of a very aggressive campaign that actually my father was a part of, you know, I just had to cast that over upon the Lord. And we have to do that regardless of who wins if we did not vote for them or support them, we got to do the First Peter 5, 6, and 7 principle. And, of course, you know, I have to remind a lot of people recently that December the 12th, 2000, was, you know, the Supreme Court made the decision. And so we have to let things take its course. We have to cast the care. We can't be worrying about it, getting in fear and anxiety about it and hunkering down over the news. We need, yes, we need the news, but as Pastor Jeff would say, we need the good news. <laughs> and so that's what we need to do, in my opinion, because you're right. You can really get your mind so you know, saturated with that, that you get into fear and worry and anxiety. And uh, I'll never forget, I was in my room and my daddy went up there and met with Governor Clinton and and uh, he came back and he was all happy. And I said, Daddy, I have a piece about it. I have a piece about you doing what you do and I appreciate and honor you. And we just agreed to disagree about that yeah. particular setting. And, you know, he, he was the first one to support my church when it opened. Oh, wow. yeah. As a matter of fact, the Democratic Party wrote the first offering for Metroplex Family Church, oh, wow. which is an amazing <laughs> wow. story. And yes. so, uh, anyway, my point with all that is, it's, it's all in how we approach it. Yeah. But if we let it overwhelm us, it'll destroy yes. us. And that's, man, that is such a good point. Because that's, you know, one of the things we touched on last week was the aspect of, of people getting overwhelmed with the fear. Yes. And and the anxiety. Yes. And, you know, um, we're going to talk about this here in a minute, but tying our hope to an outcome mm. uh, versus tying it to Jesus. You got tied to Jesus. So Sorry. making sure that we are protecting ourselves, that is yes, so good, especially if you're engaged in the political world. But, you know, even now, even for those who are not 
heavily engaged in the political world, it's almost hard not to be. <laughs> I mean, true. everywhere you go, uh, you know, on social media, you get on social media, you see a political ad. Right. Or you watch TV and there's some sort of political ad. And, mm -hmm. you know, even though the, the technically the election is over as far as the voting goes, we've, we're still kind of in that whole process. Uh, we're still seeing ads because it's still going on. It's and it's yeah. so hard, so easy mm -hmm. to get sucked into it. It is. Uh, and then you watch the news and that's all that there is on the news. It, it. It, the, the whole thing is about that. And one of the things that we, we need to do as Christians is to make sure that our number one focus is always the Lord. That's right. Because the Lord is the one who is sovereign over all things. And no matter what the outcome of this election or any other election, because every election is temporary. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, we're not electing a king that's going to be there for eternity. Right. We're electing somebody who's going to be there for a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be another election. Another exactly. one. But the great thing about Jesus is he wasn't voted in. That's right. And he can't be, he voted, be voted out. out. That's Amen. right. Exactly and he right. is sovereign over it all. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, the Bible says that all authority rests with God. And Jesus himself said, all authority on heaven and in earth belongs to me. Well, presidents come yes. and presidents go. I mean, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so we have to remember that they only have four years or maybe eight. And they're, they're going to come to an end one way or another. But Jesus still is king and Lord. Right. And that, that hope has made my life better. And again, refusing to argue with my own dad or my own mom. And, you know, after that, I've worked in, a, in, a, in an actual Republican campaign against him. And, but yet we stayed peaceful. He stayed supportive. And I respect him immensely. And uh, he respects me. And uh, so I want you to know it can be done, but it has to be done in love, faith, and casting your care upon the Lord. Wow, that's that right there is a powerful yes. story. That yes. is a powerful testimony to yes. be on the opposite <laughs> side with a, with your dad, yes. but able to maintain the relationship. Absolutely. And wow, that's powerful. It's important. And we need, to, we need to remember that because it's not with my mom and dad. I mean, a lot of you may be arguing with your family members. By the way, at the time of this recording, guess what? Thanksgiving is coming up, so how is it going to be around the Thanksgiving table or Christmas? Are you going to get in an argument with them? And so uh, I, I would warn you, it's not worth it, even though, you know, the political uh, part of my life was my parents made their income by that. They sent me to college because of those campaigns, mm. so I can't belittle that. I honor that. That's great. Wow, that what a great testimony <laughs> to be able to... <laughs> to be in the midst of a, a potentially devastating situation that could destroy a relationship right. yes. and allow the Lord to navigate through that to where uh, you don't get caught up in a false choice. That's right. You know, it's either, um, you know, my dad or, or, or my beliefs where it can be both. Mm -hmm. uh, where you still preserve the relationship, you still love your dad, and you still have the opportunity for that positive kingdom influence, right. but you're still able to, to follow through on your convictions. Absolutely. But only Jesus can do that. I mean, only the Lord can give you that. And if you don't trust him, then you're going to get into this argumentation, or you're going to get influenced. And then, again, the ironic thing was when I first started the church, I went to my parents. I'm not talking about $50. I'm talking yeah. a major amount of money. Wow. The, the Alabama Democratic Party cut me a check or cut Metroplex family. The first offering received from Metroplex wow. Family Church was from the DNC of Alabama because of my dad. Wow. And so let me say this. Love never fails. That's it. And that's, that's it. I mean, really. The love like, of God like never fails. right out of the Bible. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I, I can't help but wonder, because of your story and that testimony, we talked last week a lot about the healing process. Yes. And, and instantly yes. I'm thinking there had to be some healing that happened there in that relationship. Is there anything you can share with us about how that healing came to pass? Uh, yes, I can. I mean, first of all, uh, not arguing. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, I was not for Bill Clinton. As a matter of fact, my dad came home and told me, he said, son, and this is before Monica Lewinsky. He said there are some things in his personal life that are going to come to issue. Now, that didn't happen until later. And he said, I agree with you. But he said he is, and then he outlined, he outlined his belief in him, which he was a man to come in the middle. He was a man that worked with, you know, both parties. But I agreed with my dad. I didn't argue with him. I supported him. And we just, we, we, as a matter of fact, we took the Ronald Reagan approach. We agreed to disagree. Mm -hmm. 
But how many of us, ladies and gentlemen, don't do that? You're going to get in an argument. And by the way, Pastor Brendan's right. You get on Facebook and social media and you just type away and you throw that shot out there. You're damaging your witness for the kingdom of God. I believe Pastor Jeff, if he was here right now, would say, back off, back away. And before you throw that on Facebook, think about it. Because that's what I did with my relationship with my dad. And by the way, my relationship with my father is biblical. Because Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, honor your father and your yes. mother. Yes. Didn't yeah. say uh, promote your political views. Man, that's so good. Yes. That so, is so God. good. Praise God. So, yes. you know, a great, perfect example of how we can still live out biblical principles yes. in the midst of a very difficult situation. And that's and not see easy. God blessing our faith in walking out as well. I mean, you know, you walk out to your, uh, as a matter of fact, in 1992, it was so funny. I was driving a vehicle that was given to us by the Clinton campaign. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sitting there using Clinton gas uh, to go to school. And yet I'm, a, you know, how, how do you deal with that? You know? And so it's, it's a, it's a long story. And I don't want to share all that. And, it's, sure. and it, that's in my past, by the way, I, yeah. that's completely. And by the way, no, nothing against Bill Clinton or none of that. And uh, I, that's not what we're talking about. My point right. is walk in faith, hope, and love. Yeah. And by the way, when you do what's right in situations like this, especially as you go into Thanksgiving and Christmas, when you do what's right and honor the Lord, he'll honor you. Yes, absolutely. Amen. Man, that's so good. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I, if I could, I'd like to go back just a second. Please. Sure. Hearing you both talk about your experiences in the political world, I, I couldn't help but wonder if either one of you were ever put in a situation um, where you felt or there was a possibility where you would have to compromise your beliefs and who you were in Christ. I don't know if you've ever had a situation, either one of you, where you, you had to make a choice quickly or on the spot because I'm sure there's, there's some of you know, our TPC family and those watching you know, across the nation that could be put in a situation and, and they don't want it to hurt either side. And, and, and how you would stand for that and how do you stand for that kingdom worldview? I don't know. Do either one of you have an example you could share? Well, um, you know, I did end up, and you're very familiar with the situation, um, and I'm not going to go into specific details, sure. um, but I did make the choice not to run. Right. Uh, just due to a variety of circumstances because I, I felt that uh, I needed to stay here. Yes. Uh, that... Uh, it would have been detrimental had I left. And, I, and you know, one of the things that uh, we talked about before, and one of the things I've always learned is you, you want to leave well. Right, and you were completely submitted to Pastor Jeff. You were in the respect and honor of him, and that was always in the forefront of your thinking. Yes, absolutely. So when it got to that point, I, there, it was, yes, it was a hard choice, but um, it, it was easy in that I knew this was the right thing to do. About a month later, I discovered something that occurred behind the scenes that I was not aware of that um, would have had a negative impact on me, my ability to run. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, frankly, I was highly upset, to say the least. Very, very disappointed. Um, now, Obviously, you know, the, the, old, uh, the old saying, you know, when you, you swim in shark-infested waters, it, you know, there's a pretty good chance you're going to get bit. Right. You know, so I got bit. But in that situation, the temptation at that point for me, because of being in the political world, because this is the political MO, uh, if you get bit mm-hmm. in the political world, is to retaliate mm-hmm. and is to call people out. And to um, do everything you can to destroy their ability to do whatever they're doing. I mean, that's that's the temptation. That's right. And that's I had enough of a platform where I could have stirred. Now, I don't think I, I would have had much of an influence, but I would have had enough to start stirring the waters and and cause some um, at least questions about it. Because uh, you know the situation. I think I had enough evidence to be able to bring that forth and all that. But what I, I mean, I had to spend just some, a lot of time with the Lord and, and just really say, you know what? Okay, first of all, you knew this was going to happen. You know, the Lord is sovereign over all things. And by God's grace, I have made that decision to stay here prior to discovering this. Uh, so the Lord actually rescued me out of it before it ever happened. So I had to acknowledge that, okay, Lord, you knew what was going to happen. You knew this was, but I also had to deal with my own heart 
uh, in regards to uh, my desire to uh, want to defend myself or to, to bring vengeance for myself. And of course, the word says, vengeance belongs to the Lord, period. You just right. leave it to him. Uh, but that's not very comforting in the, in the moment. You know, when all that's going on, mm-hmm. it's really, man, it was so uh, very tempting to jump back into all those different uh, circles that I was involved in and start just sharing that story. Well, this is what happened to me. This is what this person did. And this is what happened, you know. But instead, I, I, the thing I did is I just completely cut myself off from all those circles to avoid the temptation of being in a conversation go, well, you know, this is what happened, and, and backed out. And, and, you know, here's what happened because of that. I just completely backed out of the political world, and it gave me, I don't know, four or five months uh, before COVID hit to really examine what I had seen. And in that, the Lord gave me a whole bunch of wisdom in how the political worldview has negatively influenced the church in a way I'd never seen before. And, you know, part of that is, you know, some of the things we're talking about tonight, some of the things we've talked about, some of the things I've had the opportunity to share with other other people. And I actually did a, um, a series on a Wednesday night back in August, I believe it was, talking about the dangers of the political worldview and how the political worldview... Um, has negatively imp- impacted the church. And man, I got tons of feedback on that because it really hit a point mm-hmm. uh, where people were. But I, there's no way I would have seen that had I decided to go seek vengeance for myself. Exactly. And, and, and tried to do that. So it, it was really tempting. And still to this day, um, there are times when uh, certain people are mentioned or things come up. I'm like, and, and I have to really just check myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to let that go. Like, you know, the aspect of, you know, uh, you know, forgiving and forgetting. Well, there's no forgetting, but there is forgiving. And right. every time it comes up, I just have to remind myself, okay, I do forgive, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, if I'm ever in a situation where I have to deal with this particular individual, I, I'm not going to trust. I understand. Because those are two separate things. You know, forgiveness and trust, but I have to because we're commanded to forgive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that really comes back to, and ultimately that comes back to me. It has nothing to do with the other person. It really because we talked last week about heart transformation yes. and the aspect of inner transformation. Really, it's more uh, a, a revelation of me mm-hmm. is where am I at with the Lord? Where am right. I at in my walk with the Lord? Am I to a point that even when something like this happens, that's right, am I to a point where I trust the Lord more and his sovereignty and allow him to, to deal with those things that, because it brought up a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, which it always does. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, and the Lord said, okay, well, this is why you're responding this way because there's right. this other stuff. Exactly. So, and allow the Lord to walk me through that mm-hmm. in a healing process and say, you know what? Uh, and it's a great um, principle that we teach in Celebrate Recovery. That we've both been through Celebrate Recovery. And one of the principles in Celebrate Recovery is asking yourself, what is my part? What is my part? What is my part? Exactly. Uh, It's easy for me to point out the other people's part. Because I want to tell everybody what they're... But what is my part? That's true. And in that, okay, where is my heart? Mm -hmm. And what is my aspect in this? So, so yeah, I, I, I did get bit. But, you know, you swim in shark-infested waters, it tends to happen. How about, how about you? Is there any situation? Well, I was, uh, I was on a particular campaign, uh, and they, a, a great, great, great grandson of one of our former presidents uh, and I were working on a campaign together, and uh, we, were, um, we were traveling. And um, uh, one night, this, uh, he paid this woman to uh, knock on my door and solicit me. And, uh, you know, and, uh, tried to force herself into my hotel room and, uh, I just, you know, shut the door and locked it. And, uh, you know, um, it it was a setup and, uh, you know, I, that, that was a, that was a severe temptation for me as a young man coming out and being born again. And then, you know, again, the, the influence that I had is, you know, I was transitioning in the ministry and here I am working in state government and my dad is, uh, you know, a leader 
and uh, a political leader and, you know, getting the flack from people that say, you know, you know, do if you really love the Lord, then you're going to agree with us. And so I made my stand on that. And, you know, I just refused to argue, but I stood fast. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was heavily influenced by President Reagan's demeanor. I refused to get in the flesh about it. Mm-hmm. I stayed steady. And I thank God that in 1980, President Reagan was actually in the same area of the state of Alabama I was in at the time, and I went down there and see him speak, and it just, his, his, his ability to not be argumentative, his mm-hmm. ability to stay steady, helped me to get through the pressure of political pressure. Right. And wow. so I thank God for the legacy of him and many other great men such as him and Dr. Billy Graham that just knew how to stay calm in the midst of, you know, all that anxiety and all that yeah. calamity trying to press down on you. But yeah, I mean, I've had my temptations in yeah. that area. And uh, people try to argue with me. Sure. And, uh, but I've, I've stood up for values, too. I confronted a lieutenant governor friend of my dad who was committing extramarital affairs. We were in a motorcade one time, and we pulled over to this hotel and for about an hour. And we're a whole motorcade so that he could wow. you know, be with this girl. And uh, I confronted him on it. And, uh, and, uh, and I told him, I said, I was going to pray that you either repent or be removed. And he, he got removed the next election cycle. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Like, who am I? But at yeah. the same time, you know, I did make my stand. So I want to make it sure. clear. I'm didn't, I wasn't passive. But at the same time, when I felt like it was a problem, I asked him, I said, uh, sir, I said, you don't need to do this anymore. We're on state time. We can't be doing this. Yeah. We have, you know, you know, seven, eight cars in this motorcade plus state troopers. And we can't be doing this. Uh, during the middle of the day, and I just confronted him on it, yeah. and of course he cussed me out, and, and, and you know, and all that, and said, "I'm calling your dad." But guess yeah. what? My dad went to my defense. <laughs> but guess who greater went to my defense? Jesus yeah. went to my defense because I did it in humility. I just yeah. pulled him aside, sir. I said, "I respect you." I said, and this is what I said: "You have a beautiful wife, and you have a beautiful family, mm-hmm. and you don't need to do that, and we don't need to see you do that." I said, you're, you're old enough to be my dad, and you doing that in front of me is wrong. And I'm asking you to stop it because you, you, you could be a great statesman, but he chose yeah. the flesh yeah. over the yeah. spirit, yeah. and that's not right. That's very much like uh, almost being a Daniel-type advisor. It is. I mean, it that's it really exactly is. what that it is. It really is. I mean, that's, that's a and, great uh, modern-day yeah. example. It is. And by the way, I want you to know, please, I've been around great leaders too. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, there sure. are some yeah. bad leaders, but I've been around great leaders that are not of the same, uh, they have a D beside them that are actually great moral men. Sure, sure. And so, I mean, I've been around Jimmy Carter and others Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe we not agree with politically, but they love the Lord like we do and, and Pastor Jeff does. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so yeah. Interesting. Very yes, interesting. Thank you so much. Both of you. Thank you for, <laughs> for, for being vulnerable. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's important that we are able to see that vulnerability, yeah, sure. the ability to, uh, surrender yes. when it was time to surrender to the Lord mm-hmm. and when it was time to be bold exactly. and speak up for the well, Lord. I, I respect Brandon because, you know, running for a political office is, is never an easy thing to do. And by the way, if God's leading you to do that, I would, you know, of course, submit to the council of this church and the leadership of Pastor Jeff and, and, and really seek God because we do need pay, people in places of authority. Absolutely. And yeah. there's a right way of doing it. And, you know, if you do feel led to do that, then, you do, you know, let us. I'll be glad to help anybody in Turning Point Church to, to move in that direction awesome. as God leads. Of course, with your example and Pastor sure. Jeff's leadership. Sure, absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Brian. So at the moment, we still do not have an official winner of the 2020 presidential election. (laughs) Some media outlets have declared a projected winner, but there are many Christians who are holding out hope for a different outcome. What would be your advice to Christians who are very invested in a particular outcome of the election? Yeah, that's a tough one. Boy, is that a tough (laughs) one. one. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) thanks a lot. Okay. It's really hard because, especially hard. As, as you know, in the political worldview, um, it's really easy get, to get tied to an outcome. It sure uh, is. Because you're invested into a specific you outcome. Want it. You, you want it. You want it. This is, this is why wants we spend. Everybody wants to win. Absolutely. Everybody wants to win. And, you know, we spend months or years or however long uh, <laughs> looking to get a, a particular outcome. Well, I think the danger in that is, um, 
I mean, again, there's, as you said, there's nothing wrong with Christians being engaged in the political oh, no, world and, and, and working in that. You know, some are called absolutely. to be in, called. in the political world yes. and to, to be in office and to be absolutely. a good kingdom representation yes. and all, or work on whatever level, sort of like you have done. Um, but the danger is tying our, our hope mm-hmm. to an outcome rather than to God himself. That's absolutely right. Uh, because... You know, like exactly like my situation, mm-hmm. uh, even though I chose to to, to not run, uh, it, it would have ended up I wouldn't have been able to run, mm-hmm. um, or at least not in, in an effective way. Mm-hmm. Um, but had I tied my entire hope to that mm-hmm. and not allowed my hope to remain in God uh, and, and his sovereignty in the whole process, realizing, okay, God, I know you knew this was going to happen. Right. The day that I felt the, the move towards that direction, right. you knew this whole thing was going to happen, and you still have a plan. Absolutely. You know, even though my expectations did not come to pass, does not mean God's plans are not going to come to pass. That's right. There's a big difference. Uh, you know, one of the things I teach people is don't tie your expectation to God's revelation. That's good. Uh, because God is not obligated mm-hmm. to fulfill your expectations. That's right. He is obligated to fulfill his revelation. Right. And his number one revelation, of course, is the word of God. Exactly. And his promises. He, you know, his promises, as the word says, in Jesus, all God's promises are yes and amen. That's right. And they will come to pass. So as Christians, uh, again, it's okay to be engaged, but we have to be careful that we're not tying our hope to an outcome because if it does not occur the way we want to mm-hmm. and our hope is tied there, what we inadvertently do is we then tie that disappointment to our relationship with the Lord. That's right. And we tie that into our perspective of how we think things should go mm-hmm. or how we think things should go in this country or, or whatever. Uh, and we'll talk here in a little bit as far as the the influence of the church, but ultimately, regardless of who wins an election at any level, whether it's president all the way down to city council, school board, whatever, uh, regardless of who wins there, all of these are temporary. Yes, they. You know, are. even the United States is a temporary entity. Yes, there's is. only one kingdom that lasts forever. That's right, and that's the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the goal of the church, the goal of uh, our goal as Christians is to bring about, you know, thy will be done, Mm -hmm. thy kingdom come Mm -hmm. here on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, Not a political party, not a political ideology. Again, nothing wrong to be involved in there, but ultimately our goal is to bring the kingdom into everything that we do. And whether we're, we're rejoicing or we're disappointed, either way, our hope still needs to be tied to Jesus, because even even on the flip side, if things wake, work out the way we want it to, that can be just as dangerous uh, in regards to getting our focus off Jesus and putting it in a particular individual, politician, yeah. or a party, or or you know platform or whatever, mm-hmm. rather than the kingdom. That's right. So we have to be very very careful that we're not tying our ultimate hope. In an outcome. Absolutely. Uh, because ultimately the outcome is the return of Jesus and the manifestation of his kingdom here on earth. Exactly. Exactly. No, I agree. I think the thing is we have to remember, you know, from elections in past, how things turn around. And we just can't get in fear, worry, anxiety about this thing. Uh, our hope is not in who's in the White House. Our hope is the presence of God in this house. That's right. We're talking about the church here. And that's the most important thing. I mean, again, leaders come, leaders go. Things can change. And uh, so we just have to continue to do, stay in our lane of focus because if you get into that focus of worry and fear and anxiety, you're going to really open up the doors to a lot of other things. And, and it's, it hurts your relationship with God. You know, let's, let's go back to the Lord for a second. He did not want, you know, Saul as king. They chose him, and then, then he finally got David. So if the Lord is patient and he's inside of us, we can be patient too. But I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that there's going to be a negative thing about this outcome. We just got to let the legal process take care of itself. I mean, that's yeah. the, it's now switched from a political campaign to a legal campaign. Yeah. And so we have to let it 
uh, we just need to pray for the legal process to be fair, correct, honorable, and I think it will with our Supreme Court and with these judges. Yeah, and that's, you know, ultimately it it is out of our hands in the sense of we did our role. Yeah, we we can't vote anymore. We can't campaign anymore. Yeah, Uh, but we can pray. That's the best thing. we can be a positive influence in the midst of all this. And when we see people who are despaired, who are uh, overly um, pulled into this this negativity, we can be there to reach out and and be a hand that pulls them out through a kingdom perspective. And I think that's the thing I've tried to say tonight uh, in my own life and experience. It's just not worth arguing and trying to debate with people. They're going to stand where they believe, and you're going to stand where you believe, and it's best just to move forward. I mean, yep. I, I, I really feel that unction. And, I, and by the way, I have felt the pressure of that. Uh, even my own family today, I mean, you know, that's pressure. Uh, sure. And, and so I just, yep. we just continue to move forward. Yeah. And, uh, and again, leaders come and leaders go, but Jesus yep. is the Lord. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so regardless of the outcome of the election, what do you believe the role of the church should be in a community, city, state, and in our country? What is our role as the church? Man, that's such a good question. It's a real good it is, question. And ultimately, that, and you're right, regardless of the outcome, and, mm-hmm. and regardless of even this season. That's right. You know, one of the things that the Lord has called the church to be is to be, to be the visible manifestation of the kingdom of God in a community. That's, that's what Metroplex Family does. That's what Turning Point Church does. Exactly. That was, that's what the other, uh, you know, Christian churches here in, in, in the Burleson area, DFW area, that's what I we're do. called to do. Exactly. And one of the things I love, the fact that we're here together, that mm-hmm. you're here with us together, Absolutely. is that we can't do it by ourselves. No, we can't. Right. It's not a matter of our church and that's it. The kingdom is bigger than a church. That's exactly right. But we are all part of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And together, together we, we work to be the positive kingdom influence, the visible manifestation of the kingdom in the Burleson area yes. and the South Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one of the things I love that, that, that uh, I've seen from you uh, here at Turning Point in, in, in working with Pastor Jeff is your heart to grow his platform. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. you know, to help, because obviously the Lord has opened that platform to be a positive influence across the country, but all you don't look at it from a con- competition standpoint, no, go, no. you know, <laughs> Pastor Jeff's doing this, so I got to go do the, you know, no, and look no. at it from that perspective at no, all. Absolutely. Because no. ultimately the church needs to be the leaders again. Absolutely. And I think this is his finest hours come up, his voice, his platform, his position on radio. I think he has a way of explaining the scripture that brings hope to people. They need to hear it in times like this. Okay, if if it doesn't go our way, then the voice of a Jeff Wickwire is very, very important in 2021 that our pastor here has the voice to teach God's word to take us through times if if we see that coming. And again, if 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 President Trump remains president, we still need a steady voice there to say, hey, we've got to move forward because there is other elections. There is a 2024 yes. coming. And uh, again, the focus is on Jesus the King. Yes. And uh, again, this man, this pastor, this leader here is a man that you know, not only preaches and teaches the word of God, but he takes it out there to believe, to bring people in. He yes. believes the answer to, to America is people being born again. Yes. But yes. now let's remember something. 328 million people live in America, but only 140 million voted. Yeah. So if you're asking me a question about what we can do, I think we need to continue pushing, registering, voting. Sure, absolutely. People to vote wow. and yep. not only vote, but yep. your vote is your voice. I mean, yes. I'm going to tell you something. My daddy says this. He's preached it all my life. He says there are three successful things to a campaign. I'm like, I can hear him now. Three things, boy. Remember this. What's that, daddy? Well, how are you? What is it? Votes, votes, and votes. He said that's how yeah. you win. It's not about money. It's not about personality. It's not how big your tour bus is or your airplane as far as your, yeah. your whatever, your motorcade. It's about votes, 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 votes. And daddy's right, yeah. and that's what it comes down yeah. to. And by the way, he's coming down to numbers. And guess what? There's a book in the Bible called numbers and so numbers count and i've heard pastor jeff talk about numbers that's right and uh, so anyway that's what we need to do and i'm thankful that turning point church is an aggressive church and saying Mm -hmm. here the voter gods men like you that are 
are saying, hey, you need to seek God, especially Pastor Jeff saying, pray and seek God before yes. you vote. Yeah. That is the great yeah. things we need to continue doing because we have many elections ahead of us until sure, Jesus absolutely. comes back. That's right. So, yeah, absolutely. In that political aspect, we absolutely need, because, again, uh, you know, one of the things that um, I think we miss sometimes as Christians, we, we, we take it for granted um, where we live. Yes. And not realizing that God has intentionally placed us here to be an influence. And Absolutely. one of the ways we can be an influence, because this country is set up in a way that we can influence through our voice as a vote, as mm-hmm. a voter, exactly. to do that. Uh, but beyond that also is the aspect of individually, one yes. of the things we can do um, individually and collectively is we have to be careful we don't abdicate our role as the church to the government. Right. And here's what I mean by that. That's a good point. Oftentimes, what we do is when we see needs in the community, um, you know, what, what I call the POWS, POWs of, of our community, the poor, the orphan, the widow, and the stranger. That's true. Uh, we look to the government to minister to them rather than being the ministry to them. Mm-hmm. We should be on the front lines Absolutely. of ministering to the poor, the orphan, the widow, and the stranger. Right. Uh, the needs in our community, we should be the ones on the, on the front lines doing that. We should be the ones leading the way, setting the example, uh, because ultimately, you know, government, regardless of who is in leadership, has an agenda. Yes, they do. And we have to be careful that as we, if we abdicate our role, we are not only abdicating our role as far as the, the physical role, mm-hmm. we're abdicating our spiritual role. Absolutely. Because there's only one entity on the planet that's right. that has spiritual authority, and that's the church. That's right. It's you and me, and it's, it's all of us here as far as the congregation, in your congregation. Mm-hmm. The government cannot influence the spiritual realm like the church can. That's correct. And we're called to that do that. Correct. And we do that not only through prayer, we do that through tangible acts of ministry, mm-hmm. ministering to the people. You, you know, you were talking about, you know, the aspect of, of being engaged with relationships and how are we relating to our communities? Absolutely. You know, it's one of the things we've, we've done with uh, the Bible College is trying to get our students engaged in community ministries mm-hmm. so that when the Lord calls them into a leadership position somewhere, they're not afraid to be engaged in their community. Exactly and you're, right. you're out there with me. You know, Absolutely. We're out there in, in community uh, here in Burleson. Yes, we so are. we ga- stay engaged in the community. Uh, and you know, one of the biggest things in regards to uh, leadership that uh, obviously is ebbs and flows with the political winds is the aspect of racial reconciliation. Yes, that's true. And that's something the church should be on the forefront of, not in the background going, what are you guys going to do? No, no, no. What are we going to do? Exactly. You know, because right now, nobody's talking about racial reconciliation. Everybody's talking about the election. I mean, that was a great talking point over the summer. Yes, it was. On an election aspect, Mm -hmm. but it is not a talking point. It is a vital aspect of what we need in our communities is racial reconciliation. We're part of the Burleson Christian Ministerial Alliance. We had a great uh, opportunity the other day to continue that conversation with some of our our, our brothers who are African-American pastors Mm -hmm. here within the Burleson community and talking about how do we promote racial reconciliation? How do we be tangible examples of that as leaders in this area Mm -hmm. and and avoid the, the... the segregation that occurs in the church. Mm-hmm. Now, you've told me uh, as far as a, a experience you had in Alabama at a church yes. where it's possible That's right. for a integration in the in the sense that it is one body. Absolutely. I was uh, uh, when I was coming out of uh, working full time in campaigns and transitioning into full time ministry. I worked at a church of three thousand in Montgomery. We were black and white, half fifty fifty right wow. down the line in Montgomery, Alabama. Wow. So it can be done, and it, it should be done. And, uh, again, the leader that, of that church was very similar to Pastor Jeff, uh, a great teacher, a great preacher. And, uh, you know, he just laid the Bible out there and the truth, and we did that in Montgomery. So it can be done, yes. and it should be done. Yes. It should Absolutely. be done. It should be done. And that's part of our role. That's one of the things that we need to be doing in our communities is leading on that forefront, uh, you know, the poor, the orphan, the widow, or the stranger. Uh, and, of course, racial reconciliation. Absolutely. That that is That has been a a wound that has lasted in this country for decades Mm -hmm. that the government has tried to address, 
But of course, it's bigger than a, a natural solution. It's a spiritual issue. That's right. And it goes to the heart, mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. And unless there's a heart transformation, mm-hmm. you cannot have reconciliation. That's true. And that's where it lies. So we as believers have the gospel, which is the very source of heart transformation. The only thing that can transform hearts is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So how are we allowing God to transform our hearts? And then how are we being examples of that transformation in our communities? Well, let me tell you one more yeah. story. I don't hate to be in stories, but back in uh, when Jimmy Carter was running for president, Billy Graham came down to Montgomery, Alabama, and George C. Wallace was a friend of my dad's, and he worked in his campaigns. And on the corner of the uh, portico outside the state capitol is the star where Jefferson Davis uh, said the oath to the Confederate States as president. Well, Jim, Billy Graham took George C. Wallace out on that little balcony deck in a private moment and led him to Jesus on top wow. of that star. Hallelujah. And wow. uh, George C. Wallace became a born-again Christian after that point. And so I knew George C. Wallace in his last days of his life, and he was not a segregationist. He was a born-again wow. Christian. As a matter of fact, the man that shot him, he told him, I forgive you of you shooting me. And uh, wow. together we'll walk with the Lord if you'll make Jesus the Lord of your life. He reconciled the black community wow. in Alabama. And, of course, uh, history sometimes you know, shows that he doesn't, but he truly did. My point with all that is the answer to a heart change is Jesus yes. Christ. Yes, absolutely. And that's it. So that's, that's why it's so important as Christians yes. that we are on the forefront of all these issues. Uh, exactly. Because ultimately we're, we're the only ones who have the answer. That's it. That's it. Yes. So in light of the election, we titled this evening, Now What? Vote for Jesus. So how do we as Christians, how do we vote for Jesus? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I think that, uh, again, uh, the the voter guides that need to continue coming out, we need to stay involved. I mean, there are election cycles coming up. Sure, absolutely. I think also I'd encourage people to look back at our history. We have a lot of great resources in in Christianity that point back to the faith of our founding fathers. I'll never forget when I went to Plymouth Rock there in Carver, Massachusetts, (laughs) a a pastor friend of mine's uh, family was a part of that original founding. And I spoke there, and we have such a great heritage of yeah. faith. And by the way, if you've never been to Austin here locally or never been to Washington, D.C., do you know you can, even in COVID, uh, now you can go tour the White House. And uh, I, there's times I've been to the White House, and it's, it's an awesome place. Forget about who's president. I've been there when the president was the person I voted for. I've been there when the president was not the person I voted <laughs> for. And it's still a, a sacred place to me, regardless of the stupid stuff that's been there. I believe God put his hand on America. And we should never lose sight of that, regardless yeah. of the laws that passed. We disagree with the people in poli- that we you know, didn't vote for or whatever. Jesus founded this nation, in my opinion. And when we looked at that, and that sustains us to keep going forward. And what a rich heritage we have. I grew up, one more quick story, I grew up with the the Debo's, which are Benjamin Franklin's direct grandchildren. I mean, they are his direct grandchildren. They were my next-door neighbors there in, in Talladega, Alabama, where I grew up. And they grew I grew up with them and 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 they gave me a true inside view of Benjamin Franklin hmm. and, and really seeing that yes, I mean he had his issues, yeah. but he did two things well. Number one, he loved America well, and number two, he cho- he chose to honor the way this nation is founded and it should be run, hmm. which is a, a, a nation of democracy. And I thank God for that heritage. I mean, he loved the Lord in his own 1700 way. <laughs> so I was almost say about that. Yeah. And, and, and he yeah. was a very creative human sure. being and a very intellectual being. But my point with all that is, is that there, there's a heritage there. Sure. And God put his hand on those people. And mm-hmm. by the way, I have been to Abraham Lincoln's house and, and, and to his grave and, mm-hmm. and to parts of the Lincoln Memorial that just touched me that there, God put his hand on that man, mm-hmm. put his hand on Ron. Ronald Reagan and brought America to greatness. And you know what? God's hand is not going to be denied even now. God has not left us. And I just would like to wrap it up with this. First Peter five, six and seven says, cast your care over the Lord and and, and under the mighty hand of God. That's it. 
That's my opinion. Yeah. And regardless of what happens, it's right. in his hands, and we're going to yes. keep moving forward. And uh, God yeah. is not going to be denied. He's not going to be mocked. He is going to win. And yes. uh, I love the sign I saw the other day, vote for Jesus in 2020. That's who I'm voting for. That's right. Absolutely. And that's exactly what, you know, the whole aspect of what we're talking about that's is right. how do we vote for Jesus? You know, and, vote for him. everything we've talked about tonight uh, has an aspect of that. Uh, tangible things we can do Very to be tangible. a kingdom influence uh, in our in our communities, uh, and I think a lot of times we think of it on a on a big scale, thinking, well, you know, I can't do anything about all the lawsuits and all the other stuff that's going on, or whoever's in the White House, you know, it's too big for me. But what's not too big for all of us is the influence we have ourselves. That's right. Each one of us has an influence in our family first. Mm-hmm. In our jobs, in our church, in our mm-hmm. community, you know, if, if you've got kids, you know, through sports or whatever, you have a circle of influence in your life. Exactly. And one of the ways that the gospel spreads, and this is the exact model that Jesus gave, mm-hmm. was individuals coming together collectively, working individually on their their sphere of influence, collectively on our sphere of influence. And it goes from person to person to person. Uh, you know, Jesus didn't get up on, on the mountain and preach to 10 million people and then go back to heaven. He mm. spent three years cultivating a relationship with 12 disciples. That's right. The vast majority of people walked away from him. Mm-hmm. But he cultivated this relationship with 12 people, and we're still talking about it today. It changed the world. Because he invested in a relationship with 12 men. Today, we're still talking about it. And we have a relationship with Jesus because of what they did. And because that continued throughout history. So each of us individually has that same seed, Mm -hmm. that kingdom seed within us, to plant in those relationships around us. We don't have to uh, have influence on who's in the White House beyond our vote. We can have influence who's in our personal house, who's in my heart. That's you right. know, who's, who am I speaking of and, and, and emulating around me? Mm-hmm. And that leads to one person. That leads to one person. Because ultimately, one person led Billy Graham to the Lord. That's right. And that one person created this, this wave of influence. Little did they know. Mm-hmm. But you know who did know? God knew. That's right. God knew who Billy Graham was called to be. That's right. I'm sure Billy Graham himself didn't know. Mm-hmm. And the person that led him to the Lord didn't know that. It didn't matter. That's right. What mattered was that person was obedient to influence exactly. Billy Graham. And in that obedience, the Lord took that obedience, used it for a great move of God across this country. That's right. So we have no idea who we're influencing. But it, we don't have to influence a Billy Graham. We just have to influence one person. That's right. One person around us. And we do that when we ourselves are, are allowing Jesus to influence us. And it all mm-hmm. comes, I mean, we'll come right back to the heart issue. Exactly. You know, this is something, something we touched on last week in, in the aspect of voting for Jesus is we need to allow the Lord to transform us first. Mm-hmm. I can't be an influence for the kingdom unless I've been influenced by the kingdom. That's right. You know, one of the things that uh, mm-hmm. I've said before, you know, when I go, have the opportunity to go on those mission trips with Stephen Evans mm-hmm. down into Central America, and we have these great crusades, thousands of people and all that. Uh, but one of the things I've had the opportunity to, to tell uh, the, the missionaries there that we go down with our team is the gospel has to be powerful to you before it can be powerful through you. That's right. And in that, what is, what is something tangible we can do? to vote for Jesus mm-hmm. in regards to the gospel being powerful to us. Well, first and foremost, we have to, ha- we have to be in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the aspect of the gospel is number one is accepting that free gift of salvation. So if tonight you have never yeah. taken that opportunity, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you to do that right mm-hmm. now, that you recognize, number one, that you need somebody to deliver you that's right. yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of that humility aspect Absolutely. and humbling ourselves before the Lord and saying, look, I need to be saved for me. I need to be delivered from the sin in my life. That's and that's right. exactly what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sin. 
Yes. He is the one who overcame sin, hell, death, and the grave so mm-hmm. that we ourselves could live. And that's the first step is I say yes to Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, right now to, to be my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And if you've never done that, all you get, that's all you got to do right now. Just say, Jesus, Absolutely. save me. Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Right. And he will come to you right now, and he will begin to transform you from the inside out immediately today. After that, the next step is to continue in that ongoing relationship. Yes. You know, one of the things we talked about earlier, as far as uh, being influenced by the negativity, the, o- the way we overcome the negativity is through walking with Jesus. Because mm-hmm. only Jesus has power over sin. Only Jesus has power over the enemy. I don't. Right. But Jesus does. And the more I walk with Jesus, the more I walk in his power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way you do that is through that daily relationship. That's right. Of, of being in the word of God, mm-hmm. being in prayer, being in worship every single day on your own. Mm-hmm. And as you cultivate that relationship, what happens is God begins to transform you on the inside. Yes, he does. God begins a heart transplant yes. and changes the way you think, changes the way you feel. And here's the big one. He changes your desires. Yes, yes he, does. he does. You know, one of the things we've experienced to celebrate recovery is uh, God changing our desires from sinful things to things that please him, right. things that are good and pleasing and perfect and and. and Lead us into the purpose for which we are created because right. you were created on purpose for a purpose. That's right. And the exactly. only way you walk in that purpose is through that relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And as you grow in that relationship every day, that fruit of the spirit, That's right. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Absolutely. and self-control. Those are all the things we've been talking about. Yes, it is. In, exactly in right. influencing people around us, mm-hmm. being a positive influence in the, in the political world mm-hmm. is when that fruit of the spirit is manifest in our lives. When that is manifest, that's when things change. That's right. And it's, it flows through us and out of us to other people. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you were saying. They see that. Absolutely. And they respond to it. And in that response, now you have the opportunity to share with somebody else mm-hmm. the power that has changed your life. Absolutely. And that can change their life. And just like we said, you know, with the disciples, it's just from one person to the next, to the mm-hmm. next, to the next, to the next. And all of a sudden you have a whole community that's been touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right. And in that whole aspect of the community being touched by Jesus Christ, everything changes. Yes. I mean, that's, that's what we want to see. We want to see our communities transformed, our city, our state, our country transformed. Ultimately, it's not some political entity. It's people. That's right. That's the only way it happens. Mm-hmm. And you can be that positive influence through that relationship with Jesus. So ultimately, here's what it comes down to. If you want to vote for Jesus, and uh, man, I, we just encourage you tonight, vote for Jesus. Get on, on social media, hashtag vote for Jesus. That's right. That's right. Yeah, come on. Absolutely. Let's vote for Jesus. Uh, it comes down to something I talked about a, a couple Sundays ago was the aspect of Second Chronicles 714. That's really what it, what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's how you vote for Jesus. Second Chronicles 7.14 tells us that if, if we, Jesus, uh, the Lord says, if my people, mm-hmm. so that's you and me, that's, that's, the, that's Christians, that's the church, the people of the church, and those who believe in Jesus. So if, if my people, who are called by my name, right. will do three things. Number one, humble themselves. Mm-hmm. We've got to be, humility, you touched on That's that right. earlier. That's we right. have to be willing to humble ourselves. We, we humble ourselves before God. If my people humble themselves, pray and seek my face. That's right. And in the midst of right now, we talked about outcomes. We've got to be careful we're not seeking his hand over his face. Good point. And we're not seeking God primarily for an outcome. We're seeking God to know God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to be transformed by God. That's right. Because an outcome is only temporary. Yeah. Transformation is eternal. That's right. So we humble ourselves, we pray and seek his face, and then we turn from our wicked ways. And that's the aspect of repentance. Yes. And every great revival that has ever occurred throughout church history is preceded by repentance. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Right. So how do we repent? Well, it begins with confession, right. but that's not the end of it. Repentance is walking out that aspect of confession. I confess that what I've been doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I confess that what you want me to do is right. Mm-hmm. Repentance is me actually walking that out. It's I change the way I think. 
uh, or I have the way I think changed by the word of God. Mm -hmm. And as that occurs, we're in our CR journey. We're still in our CR journey in the aspect of we're still walking in repentance from the things that we used to do. And it's never, it never ends. That's true. There's, there's no such thing as I've repented. It's done. No, I'm not done. Mm-hmm. I'm not done until Jesus comes back That's or right. I go to him. One of the two. That's right. That's when repentance is done. Yes. I continue to walk in repentance mm-hmm. every single, and there's still things that the Lord is transforming in me that I continue to need to walk in repentance from. And it's that ongoing thing. Yes. So that's how we vote for Jesus. We humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and we walk in repentance. Yes. And all that is wrapped around that relationship where Jesus transforms our heart. All of that is the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. So tonight, in order to vote for Jesus, you got to be with Jesus Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Experience that transformation. Humble yourselves. Pray and seek his face. Walk in repentance. And I guarantee you right now, wherever you are at, at the moment, whether you're here in Fort Worth or anywhere in the country, God will answer his prayer, God will answer his promise in that Second Chronicles 7.14. Because when we humble ourselves, pray and seek his face, turn from our wicked ways, here's what the Lord promises to do. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. He will forgive you and I. He will forgive our sin. And then he'll heal our land. You want transformation and healing in this country? That's how we do it. And it's up to you and me. And we can do it today, right now, and every day. We don't have to wait for election day. No, we don't. We can do it tonight right and now. tomorrow and every Absolutely. single day. Well, thank you, Pastor, so much thank for being you. here tonight. Thank you, too. What, what a great so blessing. It was, it was just a great conversation. We hope you enjoyed tonight. And we love you. Absolutely. We're praying for you. And we encourage you to vote for Jesus. God bless.